This is The Beat Generation, a look at music throughout the years that changed our world, from the original beat poets of the 50s through to the musicians of the 60s until today. They've become known for their influence on music that has shaped the soundtrack of our lives, simply known as The Beat Generation. Welcome to the brand new season of The Beat Generation, produced in association with Bad Boys Media and Townsville's Triple T FM. The show got its name from the 50s and 60s writers that inspired so many musicians. And each week during season three, we're taking a look into albums that have changed our lives by artists that have changed the face of the musical landscape. A full song listing can be found at our Facebook page, forward slash music that changed the world. And make sure you check out our Instagram page, The Beat Generation Podcast. A podcast of this show and past episodes can be found on Apple, along with other great Bad Boys media shows, including The Bad Boys Unleashed and Secret Men's Business. Check out our shows, and if you like what you hear, then make sure you leave a review. So sit back, put your headphones on, crank up the dial, and journey with us this week as we take a look at a homegrown Australian classic, one that's possibly the greatest Australian album of all time, not so much for its effect on the music industry, more for its effect on helping build a bridge between white and black Australia. Of course, the band is the one and only Midnight Oil, and the album is Diesel and Dust. Welcome to the Beat Generation. I'm Shane Bryan, joined this season by my co-host, Andrew Hackett. Now, we're normally hosting the Bad Boys Unleashed together, but we thought we'd jump on Beat Generation this year to share the iconic albums with you. Andrew, welcome to the show this week. The albums over the next two weeks as we finish Season 3 of Beat Generation are close to my heart, particularly Diesel and Dust. How about you? You know what, mate? I love a bit of Midnight Oil. I fell in love with Midnight Oil in the early 90s. So I was a little bit late in the game. They were well-known and and steaming ahead by that stage. But, uh, you know, I just love their stuff. They are a major player on my playlist, without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah, they were probably the the soundtrack to my, uh, you know, later senior years in high school. Yeah, absolutely. And look, there's nothing, in my opinion, quintessentially more Australian than Midnight Oil. And uh, that really resonates for me, particularly the work that they do with and for the Indigenous population, trying to bring awareness to it and stuff. Um, Particularly, as you know, with my show Secret Men's Business with Dwayne, you know, that's something that's really near and dear to my heart. And it's good to see the band really, uh, you know, putting their weight behind that. Yeah, and continuing on, uh, you know, with their their, their latest albums as well. That's right. And still good music as well. So, look, the journey to Diesel and Dust for Peter Garrett, Rob Hurst, Jim McGinney and Martin Rotzi actually began a couple of years prior uh, with an outback tour known as Blackfella, Whitefella. The Oils had become known for releasing environmentally charged albums, which really hit the headlines with red sails in the sunset, with the album art depicting Sydney Harbour after a nuclear bomb. The songs like When Generals Talk, Best of Both Worlds and Minutes to Midnight left audiences with no question which side Midnight Oil was on, the side of the environment. Other bands of the time, like Goanna, were also heavily involved in creating music that dealt with environmental impact. Now, by 1986... Another issue that was just as important was on everyone's lips, treaty. The Barunga Statement, presented to Bob Hawke in 1988, was still two years away, but it's safe to say the musical influence of artists like The Oils, Paul Kelly and Goanna had a massive effect on bringing the issue to light. 
1985, a song appeared on the charts written by Neil Murray called Blackfella Whitefella, performed by Warumpi Band. The song had such an impact, Midnight Oil even released it as a B-side to their Dead Heart single a year later. It would be safe to say that if that song hadn't been written, the Oils would have ended up with a very different album. As a result of the song's popularity, the Warumpi Band commenced a tour in 1986 of remote Indigenous communities with Gondwana Land and Midnight Oil. The journey saw rise to the popularity and awareness of Indigenous bands like Coloured Stone, who had a hit with Black Boy a couple of years earlier, and of course, Yothu Yindi. Midnight Oil's support of Indigenous music opened the floodgates on the journey to Treaty in 1988, and it was at the album released a year earlier, and in particular, the single The Dead Heart, that took the issue front and centre. In actual fact, it was the Dead Heart single that opened the door to the tour with the Rumpy Band. Written in 1986 for the handing back ceremony of Uluru to its Aboriginal owners, the song dealt with the mistreatment of Indigenous Australians and the stolen generation, the forcible removal of Indigenous children from their families during the 1900s. And it's a perfect place to start this week's Beat Generation and our look at the album that changed the face of the musical landscape in Australia. This is The Dead Heart from Diesel and Dust by Midnight Oil. Oh! 
The support for the Indigenous music community was really felt with the release of The Dead Heart, as the EP contained not only Blackfella Whitefella, it also contained This Land by Coloured Stone. It set the tone for an album that slightly shifted the band's focus to Indigenous issues as well as environmental issues, but it all had its fair share of controversy. The song was criticised for telling the story of colonisation from an Indigenous point of view and in doing so, reinforcing primitive stereotypes. It also contained the bull roarer sound, an instrument used in sacred rituals and therefore not appropriate for rock music. Yet for all the criticism, the song hit the charts both in Australia and the US and the band embarked on the tour that resulted in Diesel and Dust. Forever changed by the experiences, especially seeing the seriousness of issues in health and living standards in remote communities, the album was also a shift away from the previous aggressive sound to a more intelligent yet compelling writing style from a band that was essentially a pub rock band to come to where they were when they released the album was a massive achievement and it was diesel and dust that placed the band into the international scene in the us and uk now in fairness though even with the big sounds and the massive production of diesel and dust their sound still didn't stray too far away from their original format you can still hear the power and the passion within the songs of this album just less aggression than their past endeavours. The critics even noted that songs like Put Down That Weapon were a triumph for leftist politics and proved that they could apply intelligence and passion to less aggressive material. So let's take a listen to the third single from Diesel and Dust. This is Put Down That Weapon and you're listening to The Beat Generation. So wrong 
was Bull Roarer from Diesel and Dust by Midnight Oil. 
I love the sound of that instrument. The bull roarer was used by Aboriginals to communicate with one another across great distances. Some cultures consider it to represent the rainbow serpent, while to others it is the voice of Daramolan, the sky god. To recognise and respect the culture, the band didn't actually use a real bull roarer. Drummer Rob Hurst stated that the band didn't want to be disrespectful, so they instead used a ruler with some rope wrapped around it. Disrespect was a big part for Midnight Oil's writing. Disrespect for Indigenous culture and people, disrespect for the environment, and even disrespect for the heritage of whitefellas. One heritage issue that raised its head was the demolition of historical and culturally significant buildings in Queensland by the Bajalki-Peterson government, including the famous Cloudland, where Midnight Oil used to perform. In their single dream world, they also take a shot at the removal of the environment in the same way we disregard our historical buildings, as we destroy the dream world of many for the sake of progress. You could see this as Midnight Oil's version of Big Yellow Taxi paving paradise. This is Dreamworld by Midnight Oil.
That was Sell My Soul. We will be back with more Diesel and Dust by Midnight Oil on The Beat Generation. Hi, this is Shane. And Andrew from The Bad Boys. If you're after quality, hard-hitting journalism that matches four corners... News that'll keep the government and the people accountable for their actions... And current affairs that's more reliable than, well, a current affair... Then then that's that's not not us. Bad Boys Unleashed. Music, entertainment, celebrity interviews... And the only original Bad Boys news that makes 60 Minutes sound like the Muppets. Join me, him and bad girl Angie for the conversation that no one wants to have but everybody wants to hear. Bad Boys Unleashed, subscribe for free on Apple and Spotify. This is The Beat Generation, a look at music throughout the years that changed our world from the original beat poets of the 50s through to the musicians of the 60s until today. They've become known for their influence on music that has shaped the soundtrack of our lives, simply known as The Beat Generation. Welcome back to The Beat Generation, produced in association with Bad Boys Media and Townsville's Triple TFM. I'm Shane Bryan, joined by another member of The Bad Boys, Andrew Hackett, as we take a look into albums that have changed our lives by artists that have changed the face of the musical landscape. Make sure you check out the Facebook page, Music That Changed the World, and also our Instagram page, The Beat Generation Podcast. The trip to some of Australia's remotest regions took midnight oil across lands and across roads that many Australians would never experience in their lifetime. One of these roads is the remote desert road, the Gun Barrel Highway, which connects the middle of Australia with the west, passing directly through Aboriginal land and requiring permits to travel. The road is as rugged as the country it traverses. And the song by Midnight Oil of the same name relates to this ruggedness beautifully. Seeing these tough conditions and experiencing the remoteness of Australia is what Diesel and Dust is all about. As the name suggests, there's a lot of country that's just too hard for the average person to see, yet the Aboriginal communities have been used to the harshness of the land and survived for millennia before the arrival of the English fleet. Describing a desert track that literally is as straight as a gun barrel, this is Gun Barrel Highway as we take a look at Midnight Oil's iconic album, Diesel and Dust, on the Beat Generation. I'll give you something to ride home about And I'll take you somewhere to show you around We burn all the cars and lay down a guide We burn all the trees keep us alive
One of the truly impactful experiences of the tour which led to the creation of Diesel and Dust is the understanding of Australia's true heritage. The tour took Midnight Oil to some of the remotest places and what they saw impacted the band enormously. Seeing communities with families living in water tanks and impacted by the effects of alcohol, they realised that impact on the community was real, a problem that is felt everywhere from the big cities to the desert lands and it was time for change. If there is any message that Midnight Oil wanted to bring to the attention of the media, it was that there is a need to change our relationship to the land and our relationship with each other, white and black, and it starts with understanding the true heritage of modern Australia. Warrakurna is an interesting example and an eye-opener as the band witnessed the plight of the Indigenous community firsthand. Midnight Oil's guitarist, Jim McGinney, said the first thing you see coming into the town is a piece of space satellite junk that had fallen to Earth like something out of Star Wars, then a hand-painted sign saying strict rules, then a mountain of derelict car bodies, all set against the most beautiful ochre-purple-coloured hills that you could imagine that felt so weathered and ancient. Describing the area as a country within a country, this is Warrakurna, the track that gives diesel and dust its name. You're listening to The Beat Generation. Yeah. Yeah. 
from Diesel and Dust by Midnight Oil. The striking thing about the album is the intensity of the lyrics. This wasn't a pop album or a let's get drunk to rock record. It was an impactful statement about the tragedy of the Indigenous people. The band have said the success of the album and what made it truly great was the concept of the karma of standing up for people who are dispossessed, for those who didn't have a voice because it was too hard for them to be heard. But all that was about to change. Maybe not removing all the problems, but it was a start towards change that is still felt, even today. The tour broke the band emotionally. Jim Magoni has described the experience as breaking his life into two segments. His life after the tour was forever changed. 
and the change was felt throughout the industry. The album invoked an unbelievable response. It showed that the public were receptive of having a discussion about the problem of Indigenous dispossession, and Midnight Oil were the ones who really opened the door. The year after Diesel and Dust was released, Midnight Oil took Yothu Yindi to the US on tour, and then embarked on the Building Bridges album, a collection of songs by Paul Kelly, Scrap Metal, Coloured Stone, Hunters and Collectors, James Rain, The Saints, Crowded House and In Excess. All the sales proceeds were donated to the National Coalition of Aboriginal Organisations. As the song sometimes describes, the issue of reconciliation and the upcoming treaty that was about to be signed was like a raging river at a floodgate. It was a hard road, but the band's champion, the call, didn't give up and eventually the bridge was built, or at the very least the foundations were set, as the Prime Minister Bob Hawke was presented with the Barunga Statement and a list of political objectives by Galloway Yanapingu and Wenton Rabuntia. The final treaty was eventually signed 30 years later, this is Sometimes by Midnight Oil. I know that the sunset empire shudders and shakes And I know there's a floodgate and a raging river And I see, yeah, see the silence of the ribbons of iron and steel And I Hear the punch drum huddle as they drive on a hammer and wheel Sometimes you're beaten to the top Sometimes Sometimes you're taken to the wall And you don't give Sometimes you're beaten to the top
The legacy of Diesel and Dust has been felt for generations and the effects of the album have been far-reaching. It's encouraging to see the rise in Indigenous music across Australia. The National Indigenous Music Charts, the First Nations Contemporary Music Program. In 2020, a $2 million Indigenous Contemporary Music Fund was announced, offering development opportunities for Indigenous Australians. Australia has come a long way in the growth and cultivation of some amazing, talented artists who indirectly owe their growth to bands like Midnight Oil, Goanna, Yothu Yindi, Coloured Stone and Warumpi Band for pioneering the pathway towards change. Diesel and Dust has been listed as the number one Australian album of all time in 2010. The album artwork designed by Ken Davies won an ARIA award and the lead single from the album, Beds Are Burning, won the Best Song and Best Single Award in 1988. The political position that Midnight Oil has always held has ruffled feathers along the way. I mean, who can forget the dust-up between Oil's manager Gary Morris and Molly Meldrum at the ARIA Awards? But some eggs are going to be broken along the way. Compared to U2's Joshua Tree, but with a harder edge, bringing us face-to-face with the harsh realities of the Aboriginal villages in remote Australia. Diesel and Dust was a watershed moment that set the band and the Australian music industry into a trajectory that would result in albums like Blue Sky Mining and give rise to the many Indigenous music projects that are around today. Of course, we can't finish the show without playing the song that captured our attention right from the opening bars. Beds Are Burning criticises how the Indigenous communities were forcibly removed from their lands. The song became number one in New Zealand, South Africa, Canada, top 10 in Netherlands, France, UK and Australia, and number 17 in the US and Sweden. Peter Garrett himself commented that who would have thought that an Aboriginal land rights song would have travelled that far? That is the legacy of Midnight Oil. Next week on The Beat Generation, as we finish Season 3, we take a look at a band that started a movement, the Seattle Grunge Movement. I'm talking about Nirvana and their classic album, Nevermind. To take us out, here is the iconic Beds Are Burning by Midnight Oil. I'm Shane Bryan. And I'm Andrew Hackett, and this has been The Beat Generation. Yeah.